I don't think anybody listening hasn't been affected on some level by suicide. Uh, we had a dear friend in the canine industry and in the dog world in general lose his battle with mental illness. Um, we love Chachi. We always will. He's going to be greatly missed. We want to thank Brittany, his wife, and we want her to know how proud of her we are for having the ability and the willingness uh, to open up and talk about what took him from us. For everybody listening, we want you to know that you're not alone. Reach out to friends, reach out to coworkers, reach out to family, reach out to us here at WDR. Or there's resources available nationally. There's a Veterans Crisis Line, 1-800-273-8255. And then there is a specific line for law enforcement and first responders. It's called Cop Line. They can be reached at 1-800-267-5463. Most importantly, just remember, you're not alone. With that, let's get to the show. Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Uh, we are back with Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. With me, as always, is Eric Stambro from Canton, Ohio. This is Ted Summers from Tulsa, Oklahoma, where summer has officially uh, shown up. It's about 150 today. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Eric, what's up? Uh, I, f- I feel like a duck. It's it's just rain. rain. It's just rain everywhere, (laughs) all the time, nonstop. Um, It's it was flooding on the way home tonight. It's it's raining every day, or part of every day. I I did manage to get some training in. Um, I have a handler school starting on Monday, and I was doing some stuff with the dogs. All three of the dogs in the school are coming from me, so um, I did some uh, detection and some tracking uh, today, and uh, some obedience. and then, uh, you know, 900 other things. But pour down rain. That's always fun, breaking dogs, you know. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, no, it's not fun. Uh, yeah, I got a handler here for research from Kansas because they don't have a state deal. So uh, he does the national and comes down and trains with us once a year. And then they go back and do their thing. Um, Stog had a huge bust, uh, meth bust. It wasn't a whisper stop a couple weeks ago. Uh, female German Shepherd we train super nice but uh, yeah so uh, what else has been going on nothing we're getting ready to uh, go to Moundsville for oh yeah HRD so we've been uh, we just got back from Flint I almost drowned that was fun in the basement in w- wastewater <laughs> uh, no it wasn't wastewater it was super clear and that's what I'm telling myself because I could see through it mm-hmm. and then I stepped down knee deep in water and then one of the dogs came from behind that was muzzled and I was like I'm gonna have to fight this dog in a muzzle like a ninja turtle in a sewer and <laughs> yeah, in, like, a, yeah. in Flint Michigan <laughs> yeah I, I like, mean remind everybody that that you yeah you could die from that yeah no the lots of good teams up there uh you know those guys oh, yeah we had a good time were, yeah, they, we had some pretty good improvements over three days up there. But the next one is going to be um, Moundsville, West Virginia, where I think we're bringing a priest with us because it's the most haunted building in North America. So they say it's Moundsville Prison. If you haven't signed up for that yet, you should because it's going to be gnarly. Uh, and then I'm an ordained we, minister. I can do that. 
close enough that works so we can do right. the whole like you know we can do the whole like throw holy water and stuff because uh you know alicia's all stoked she's like oh i'm gonna go ghost hunting i'm like yeah you have at it <laughs> yeah i think my I, wife's uh, coming over there too for that reason oh they can do that all they want i'll go look for meth heads mm -hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i'm not looking for ghosts uh, so we're getting ready to announce another date for HRD. We said we weren't going to this year, but, um, we are. So, um, we're going to be in time. Yeah. We're going to be in Boston, uh, with the, with Troy Casey and the kids from, uh, Boston PD. Uh, that one will not be open to registration. Uh, you have to get with Troy on that one to, to attend, but, uh, it's going to be sometime in October. So, yeah, and then in between now and then, we've got Erie. We've got uh, what else are we doing? The big one is Moundsville, man. That's July fifteenth through the seventeenth. Right. Um, right, right. We want to fill that. That place is huge, so we got room for for lots of handlers there. It's a it's a massive facility. Yeah. So um, and then we're going to anywhere near there, man. Come on down and hang out with us. Right. And then we're going to go down and see Howard at uh, in uh, Shelby, North Carolina, which is going to oh, be yeah. good. Uh, he's got some good teams there. They do a good job, uh, so I expect that that one to be good. Then, of course, we're going to do uh, Marion County Sheriff's Office. Uh, and then we're doing Erie County, New York, uh, and of course Vegas with uh, Cameron and the kids out at uh, Gold State, or I'm sorry, Silver State. Yeah, oh, Silver yeah. State K9 in Vegas. So yeah, HRDPoliceK9.com, letter K number nine. Go hit it up. Um, there's an email link there, and you'll get with the head cat herder Ray, who's our other instructor and he's running all that stuff um so i've been using a ton of stuff at the kennel lately um mainly my dog trip poppers and droppers i've modified them quite a bit and i've got Good. magnets on them so the magnets uh i stick them to buses i stick them to all kinds of stuff and i can put them anywhere and they've turned out to be great doctor has a new popper and it's called a pro it's faster, has a faster response rate. Doesn't pop lock the ball quite as high. Um, it's a rechargeable instead of having to stick double A's in it. But if you use the discount code in the show notes, you will get a uh, discount off anything over 200 bucks, including that ball popper. So, yeah, that helps. Yeah, dog is awesome, man. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> everybody knows we got a good relationship with Ray Allen. Ray Allen just came out with a new catalog, man. That, that yep. thing looks amazing. Um, the one cool thing is doing pets and police dogs uh anything i need i get from rayallen.com uh, they've been doing it like a million years um they got they just got everything over there rayallen.com check them out they got a we have a uh, discount code that's in the uh, show notes here be sure to check it out good people over there no sex offenders running that um rayallen.com sex offender free since the beginning um, the other largest Equipment company cannot say the same thing. Yeah, we just ordered um, a bunch of stuff from them for both oh, you and yeah. I. Some rubber arms and um, yeah, they don't actually give us stuff for free. We we pay for it. We oh, use yeah. our own. Well, I use my own discount code too. I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> Dude, I yeah, I advertised their uh, incognito pou uh, tree pouches and then bought five myself. So right. Uh, also, uh, the guys out in Maryland, True Sound. We had Ellie on, which is a good podcast. Um, couple episodes back actually it's like 20 episodes back now uh i talked about hme stuff uh hme is super fucking dangerous if you're an explosive handler you know that right so you don't get a chance to train on it a lot and the only time you do is really where you need to go through the atf nort standard which you know is either here or there about whether it's good or bad but you don't get a chance to deal with hme on a regular basis so 
and her true scent. One of the nice things about true scent it's its actual explosive odor suspended in silica, so you're not using a pseudo. It's actually a simulant. So you'll have H- actual HME odor suspended in this little packet uh, so you can run dogs on actual HME odor. Now, if you listen to the interview we did with Paul uh, when we were at Blue Line, you know, he talked about training based on actionable intelligence. And the one thing the ATF has managed to do really well is keep normal military explosives out of the hands of people. But HME is super dangerous it's hard to track. It's easy to make, and uh, you got to train on it. But because it's so unstable, nobody wants to do it because you blow your dick off. So, like the dude in New York did. So, if you use TrueScent, you don't. Now they have a badass discount code for handlers listening to this. Uh, if you go there, you'll get fifteen percent off. Uh, if I remember right, I think it's fifteen percent off of their kits. And uh, yeah, show notes will the uh, the discount code will be in the show notes. So hit them up. TrueScent.com, uh, TrueScentK9.com. Excuse me. Uh, owned by Signature Science. Great. Um, those of you know, uh, we'll be at the HITS conference in August. We're going to talk about that more throughout this podcast. Yeah. Um, it's the best and the largest um, conference that they got going. We had such a blast there last year. Yep. But here's the thing, man. Uh, and again, because I was a cop for a long time, I know cops. They're going to wait till the last minute. But they got a price change coming up here. Um, so you want to get up. You want to get registered. You want to be able to get into the uh, hotel where the event is so you don't have to stumble down around and try to uber your way around chicago you can just uh stumble your ass back up to your room um but you better get on it because you know there's like a thousand people there last year and this place in chicago is even bigger there's going to be more mccormick Um, place oh yeah hands down the best canine conference in the country also not run by any sex offenders um (laughs) the magazine conferences cannot say that they cannot come out and say that also true uh, hits it's K9.net. Check them out. Coming up in August in Chicago. And the guys that run that conference also have their own podcast, Hits K9 Radio. If you're not listening to that, you should go listen to that as well. We're going to talk about it here in a second. Uh, and they have their instructors on. So the people that are at the conference, if you're not able to make it, you can go to Hits K9 Radio and you can listen to some of the stuff that they uh, – and it's not as long as our, as this one. And it's in a little bit different format that's a little bit easier to digest, I think. Um, so <laughs> Less well, cussing. Uh, that, that is definitely true. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's K9 Radio. You can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, same place you can get all of ours. So go hit them up um, for sure. Uh, and you, uh, have you got any injuries to your stuff? You had to use vet care lately? Well, about that. So while we were in Flint, we were doing the amoeba drill. And uh, we had some dogs there that weren't real comfortable in muzzles. So uh, we had uh, Fabio and uh, Luke in there as decoys. And I had a hidden sleeve on that was exposed. And if a dog was kind of messing with his muzzle and was kind of, you know, going flat and whatever else, I would pop in and <laughs> um, yeah. like get him to engage. And I had to do that on two or three occasions with some dogs that were not comfortable in them or just weren't used to wearing a muzzle. Uh, and I managed to hurt myself. Um, so <laughs> I got nice. carpet burn and, uh, so I've been putting it all over myself, but, uh, it does work really well. So, you know, if working dogs, whether they be hunting dogs or search and rescue or whatever, especially patrol dogs find fantastic and magical ways to hurt themselves all the time. And those little issues become large issues. Everybody should or does have a first aid kit in the, the cruiser with the dog where it's at. So it's got everything you need to take care of anything that could foreseeably happen 
on the way to the vet or if you don't need to go to the vet, just anything to take care of the dog medically. Um, vet care uh, sells the product called Quick Derm. And it's a fantastic product. It works on people, as I can attest. Uh, Eric, one of your guys that's relatively close to you that owns a fairly large boarding facility had a dog come in that had a hot spot and he didn't want it to get blamed <laughs> on him. And right. he said that shit is like magic. Uh, if you use the discount code in the no show notes, you'll get a discount off of it. And plus, I've heard that they're upgrading you in sizes. Um, I don't know if they're doing it on all of them, but I've seen a couple that have happened. But we've had great feedback from it. And um, We've had a lot of our guys use it. For, uh, one of our dogs that's on a department semi close to here has fucking happy tail, and it looks like the OJ crime scene in the back of the cruiser when the dog gets all excited. And uh, it has worked wonders in about 12 days on that dog's tail. So it's nice and scalloped. Or scalloped. I'm just thinking about eating dinner. It's nice and calloused over now, so we don't have any more blood and all in the back of the cruiser. So that's good. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if it works on sunburn. We may need to take it to when we go to Gold Coast or Silver, uh, not Gold Coast, that's Rodney and Rodney, to uh, Silver State with Cameron, right? Yeah, Silver State Canine in uh, Vegas. Um, Cameron Ford out there. He just finished up or is just finishing up a uh, a detection trainer school where yeah, I keep they worked that. out. In, yeah, they worked in Vegas and he took him to L.A. I mean, nobody gets to do that. So it's pretty cool. SilverStateCanine.com. They got a bunch of classes coming up. You're going to learn the best detection you can, scientifically based, Good stuff. Cameron's a good dude. Um, I'm sure he'll be at hits. If he isn't, I will uh, browbeat him into getting there. But uh, we'll be out there doing an HRD seminar. In the meantime, check out SilverStateK9.com. So, Ted, who do we got with us today? Well, tonight uh, we have one of the guys from the HITS crew. So, HITS, um, their big thing is they are run... It's for handlers by handlers, and it's run by handlers. So uh, with the exception of one guy, they're all either former or current police canine handlers and or trainers. Uh, so with us tonight, we have Jeff Meyer. Jeff, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? So why don't you tell us like a little bit about how you got into canine and uh, like first dogs and that kind of stuff? Yeah, you bet. Um, I started in the, the police department in 1989. And, uh, you know, didn't, didn't, uh, really know for sure what I want to do on the job. I just knew I wanted to be a cop from when I was real young. So, uh, in the Academy, one of the handlers came in at the time and he was going to do a demo and talk about, you know, how to use canine properly. And he walked into the Academy. It was, a, and, uh, in the roll call room that we were in and downed his dog. And then he walked, uh, walked out, left the dog in a down, went and talked to somebody. And I, I remember just standing there staring at this dog and he, Everybody, you know, leave the dog alone. So everybody did, but I didn't know anything about dogs, and I didn't know, uh, you know, dog trainer or whatever. And I was fascinated that you know, how the hell do you train a dog to lay down and stay in one spot? So that got me interested right off the bat. I thought that seems pretty cool. And then when he did his presentation, talked about going out and catching bad guys and doing all that, it it, it kind of got me hooked. You know, right in the middle of the academy, I thought that's that's what I'm going to do. And then I got pretty lucky. I uh, had a neighbor who was in the unit at the time, so. I got to know him and, you know, he kind of told me, you know, what, what you need to do if you're really interested in it. And then I had a, a sergeant that I worked for that ended up going to the, the canine unit as a sergeant there. And I had worked hard for him in the district. So he had a good reputation. So things, you know, kind of line up. And in my department, there's about 14, 1500 cops. And there's usually, we average around maybe eight or nine patrol uh, dogs. So the it's a pretty competitive position to get. 
so you gotta you gotta be lucky too and so obviously i got pretty lucky just you know kind of knowing the right people and uh about the end of end of 96 and beginning of 97 i actually got a dog i had done a lot of decoying and working with him for years before that um probably five six years at least on a very regular basis so by the time i got a dog i i uh it had helped train quite a few dogs as the decoy and stuff so it uh went pretty seamless and uh ended up from uh from there i ended up uh i don't know five six years later i uh, went to a instructor school in utah became one of the unit trainers and ended up i spent about uh 16 17 18 years i guess about 18 years i guess in the patrol canine and then a few years back i was offered the opportunity to start a brand new bomb dog unit so we've always had bomb dogs out of downtown or out of the airport but we never had our own uh bomb dogs as a separate standalone unit out of headquarters so they offered me that position so i ended up uh, being able to write the policies and write the job description and pick the training pick the dogs and so now i'm uh you know over the course of my career i've worked uh, several patrol dogs one of them was uh, a dual purpose um narcotics patrol dog and now i'm uh, handling a single purpose bomb dog and i get to uh, train our narcotics dogs our bomb dogs um the bomb dogs in the city and then uh, i've still got a hand in uh you know training all over the country with different dogs so pretty fortunate my career has been kind of a dream uh, for people who like to handle dogs so after 30 years i'm still uh enjoying every day of it uh have no real intention of leaving anytime soon because it's just too much fun yeah awesome so um back in the day when you guys got your first dog were you handling mainly shepherds or did you guys have mouths or what uh what was going on back then you know um the first uh first i think there was one or two mouths in the unit before i got there they had one or two not very many and they were mostly shepherds and um uh, they they preferred shepherds but then i ended up getting a mouth and I went through a couple of mouths. Uh, the first one was kind of an old school, what, what people, some people still incorrectly claim mouths to be today, you know, crazy and, and handle aggression and all that. And the first one I had what fit that bill, we had him for a few months, sent him back. We got a different one and, uh, man, it worked out great. He was a, a real strong dog, uh, did a tremendous job on the street. And, um, I don't know if, if it was probably a little bit that dog and, maybe we learned how to train that dog correctly. Cause I think in the, before that, I think there was some of the, um, training the, the original mouths, you know, this is 22 years ago, 23 years ago, training those mouths the way we were training shepherds at the time and doing some buildup work, which, you know, that's a great way to frustrate, you know, a mal or a duchy. So, um, altered the train a little bit with the first few mouths we had. And, uh, now I'd say most of the, you know, there's a couple of shepherds, every once in a while because the philosophy is always to take the very best dog but uh predominantly in the time i was there it was mostly mouths and uh duchies so you're on a fairly large um department and yeah um you kind of mentioned like single purpose here single purpose there so um you guys actually have single purpose apprehension single purpose drug single purpose yeah so um that's a fairly rare thing i mean it's fairly common in Europe, but here, um, that's not like common. I Correct. mean, everybody yeah. has a dual purpose dog. Oh, well, not everybody, but I mean, yeah. 
it's either, you know, some kind of either narcotics or explosives and then also tracking and apprehension. So um, you guys have actual single purpose apprehension dogs. Yep. Yeah. They, and we did some dual purpose for a while. I had one of them. Uh, we had a few of them. Uh, the lucky thing is about when you work in a, a big department that has a small, like for the patrol division or any of them, all the units, um, when you look at the number of dogs that we have in our department, it's really pretty small. So the good thing is, is that you specialize in, like if you're in the patrol division, you specialize in that and you're, you're busy as heck, you know? So, uh, it, it was not uncommon, uh, like when I was there to, to average, you know, lots and lots of calls every, every week, you know, with lots of, uh, apprehensions and stuff so uh, it it seemed to work out better just to be able to concentrate on one thing and it's it, it's ran all by different bureaus so that's part of the the um patrol dogs are under our our metro swat bureau so you, you, you work with the the swat guys on a regular basis then the narcotics team has their own narc dogs and then we're out of uh the special events or special operations bureau so we can do all the special events uh it, it it seems to be it's just how a traditional department has done it. It was all separate separate units, but luckily I'm in the position now where I get to kind of bounce around and train with all of them still. So it's a it's a pretty good pretty good gig. That sounds like a dream for a lot of handlers. Um, <laughs> I know some handlers yeah. that are dual purpose handlers, but the only time they run odor is either in training or certification, and they're yeah. out there yeah. straight up as as apprehension dogs and um i think there's kind of a myth around the straight up apprehension dog as it's like an excessive liability or whatever it is but um they serve a purpose for sure so (laughs) it's interesting that you you say that (laughs) but yeah yeah depending on the needs of the department i think it works Uh, you know and the the patrol side of, of our department is plenty busy doing patrol stuff. I think some agencies you probably couldn't justify having a single-purpose one. When you know, I know a lot of agencies, 80, 90 percent of their work is actually the, the dope side of things. You know, so I right. think it depends on on the needs of the department. Um, but I think some larger agencies it probably works better for. Yeah, for sure. And you know, and that's uh, you know, some of the dogs we've got or Eric has on larger agencies. I mean, those dogs are are busy doing that most of the time. So, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. We actually met some dudes at the uh, Bravo 3 conference from I think I think they were from Tacoma, Washington, and they had four or five apprehension only dogs, which surprised both yeah. of us, which was crazy. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I could see Seattle, I guess, because it's you know, a huge city. Yeah. But still, I mean, that was definitely uh, an eye-opener. So if you're listening, there's still a chance you can have an apprehension yeah. dog. <laughs> there is an apprehension and you know, now that I, yeah, Now that I'm doing, uh, you know, running a bomb dog, and uh, I get a lot of questions about that, and I, I, you know, I might ruffle some feathers. But overall, I think if you're going to do a dual purpose, personally, I think it should be narcs and patrol. Um, there's, a, there's some agencies that I've seen that do a very good job doing bombs and patrol, but overall, I just think, uh, I kind of think the bomb side should maybe be specialized. And I think as a, like, if I was a young handler still, and I had a dual purpose dog, the bomb site's kind of boring compared to going out and catching bad guys, but it's pretty damn important. So I think sometimes it goes by the wayside. And like you say, they end up doing odor, you know, every, every other month or something. And I just don't think that's the right way to run a bomb dog. So 
um, I think no. I think there's a time and a place for single purpose for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So and you know, I mean, that's the way we talked about it with uh, one of the guests before about how I mean, that's how Europe does it, especially like Belgium. I mean, those guys, yeah, yeah. Uh, they and and one dog or one handler will have multiple dogs. Like they'll have a tracking dog, then they'll have an apprehension yeah. dog, and then they'll have a whatever whatever dog. So, but they got 10 million people that live in their country and it's like the size of the county yeah. they live in. So yeah. the United States is big. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, we're not fact, really I, afforded I'm right that. The, yeah. I'm right now in the process of, I'm going to work two dogs now uh, because I have, you know, I have the ability to do so. So work a bomb dog, then I'm going to work a gun and, uh, and currency dog also. So it'd be a fun, fun experiment to see how it works out. Awesome. So currency dog, uh, is that through, an attachment deal or is that like no um right now we're just going to do it out of our out of i'm going to run the dog and then uh you know see what kind of call load we can generate between you know our our narcotics division and then there's a you know we got a lot of uh, task force here uh, we have legal marijuana so you know there's got to be a lot of illegal money stashed around so um there's no there there hasn't been a currency dog in this state um so or not I shouldn't say that there, there isn't one right now currently. So, um, you know, we just want to kind of see what kind of, what kind of call load we can generate from it. Interesting. So, um, for those listening, it should be fairly obvious if it's not, um, Jeff is from Colorado where marijuana is, was medically legal and then was passed. Uh, were you guys the first state or the second state? Were you the first? Um, for the medical, I can't remember where we, if on the medical side of it, but we were the first one to make it recreational legal. Right. So um, when it became recreational legal, we as an industry kind of set back and we're like, oh, man, how are we <laughs> – what are we going to yeah. do? So uh, there was a case that was generated um, by a stop. In Colorado, that generated a case, that generated a court decision that was just handed down, I think, in March um, from the state supreme court in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, People versus McKnight. Um, yeah. It was a stop that was a legitimate stop for I think the guy ran a stop sign or had a like traffic yeah. light out or something. I don't remember. It was a legitimate stop, but yeah. they ended up running the dog, and because the dog was certified on marijuana, which is legal in Colorado. Um, then the dog alerted and they ended up finding, I think a pipe or they ended up finding paraphernalia that tested positive yeah. for methamphetamine. If I remember correctly, um, yep. that exactly. evidence and that was thrown out by the state Supreme court in a very hairy, narrow <laughs> decision. <laughs> um, that, uh, everyone has kind of been like, Holy shit. Now the sky is falling. I have to sell our dogs yeah. and all yeah. this other stuff. And so talk a little bit about as a handler, a long time handler in the first state to legalize recreational marijuana. Uh, and for those listening to, um, the guys from hits canine also have their own podcast. It's canine radio. One of their partners is Ted Dawes, who is a prosecutor down in Florida who is super sharp, um, and does a full workup on one of their, uh, podcasts, yeah. uh, you can find it the same place you can find this one. So Ted does a great job of, you know, outlining it and yeah. outlining why it's important. Why it, yeah. but, but kind of the quick, why you don't need to freak out. Sure. Let's go from there. You know, yeah, you don't need to freak out if you're in a state that is legalized or just going to legalize it. You know, the genie's out of the bottle. So this shit's coming, you know, everywhere, I think, or a lot of places. So, um, over the years, for a while, we were still thinking, well, we can still have a marijuana 
on our on our dogs because you know we had different reasons and we had a, a case that kind of said not too big of a deal but this case when it was decided it was as you said it was a split decision but the we got on the the bad side of it and the decision said that the dog needs to have you need to have probable cause to use your dog if he's trained with marijuana well it's got probable cause you don't need the dog so other than to maybe help locate it um so it was a harsh decision but the good news is is that lots of agencies here have had years to prepare and whether you're a large agency or a small agency if you really look at the history of your agency's canine unit you're changing out dogs every few years so you know some dogs are are lucky and go to 10 or 11 12 but a lot of times you know you have a health problem and you get a dog late you know maybe doesn't get it quite as old so as as we've been changing out dogs in this state i would say the majority of those dogs have not been trained on marijuana for quite a few years so there's a few agencies that are scrambling a little bit now to change over uh to, to either get rid of a few dogs that maybe need to be retired um, and maybe it just pushed that button a little bit faster. There's a few agencies who are going to have dual purpose dogs that are probably only going to be able to, be, from the narc side, be able to, you know, locate drugs, but not, uh, you know, not really use them for a whole lot of investigative stuff, which might be a, some, some guys like you alluded to earlier, they might be pretty happy about that. You know, so the, the burden of the, the detection side isn't going to bother them, but the um, overall, it's just not going to be a huge transition in our state. Most of the dogs and teams are prepared to some some degree. You know, for instance, uh, you know, an agency that I work a lot with, they have one or two dogs that still have marijuana. All the other ones that they've trained for years don't have marijuana. So those two or three that sub marijuana, they'll still be able to use them for postal sniffs and federal deals and stuff. So there's still some use for them. As those dogs retire, they'll probably, you know, won't have that. I, I envision probably at a time, uh, there'll probably be um, a need to have a, a single purpose marijuana only dog because it's still illegal in lots of different ways. So um, I'm not sure how it all shake out, but the sky here is definitely not falling. It's not the end of canine. It's not the end of drug dogs. It's not the end of the, uh, anything it's just an adaptation to uh you know what what the country is turning to which is you know a very high tolerance to marijuana evidently yeah right and you know like one of the things that i've been saying like if you go and read the actual decisions um from mcknight and you read all of them, not just the concurring, yeah. all the dissenting and everything else it's that people now have an expectation of privacy while breaking the law is yeah. the precedent they've sort of set, which is kind of ridiculous because I mean, for better or for worse, marijuana is still a scheduled substance on the, the control substances act. Um, it, it is what yep. it is and it's still federally illegal. Um, and you know, because of the way the court system works, um, that decision can't really be appealed per se. Um, I'm not an Correct. attorney, but there are people that are probably working on that. I assume so if you are, I mean, for instance, my home state here, um, Oklahoma has marijuana uh, legal for medical, um, not recreational. So yeah. the what I've been telling my handlers, what my handlers have figured out is that now all of a sudden they have a ton of reasons to ask a bunch of questions they didn't ask about before. So it's like, yeah. okay, well, you've got marijuana in the car. My dog's alerted to this substance. You know, do you have a license? And a lot of times they'll just volunteer, like, you know, here's my license. They're like, all right, yeah. great. So where is it? 
where is it packaged? Is it under the is it under yeah. the legal amount? Does it have your name on it? Is it in the correct box? I mean, it's just like any other prescription yep. at that point. So you get to ask all kinds of questions you wouldn't get to ask yeah. before. And yeah. it, it is not a, you know, the sky is not going to be falling. And um, no. you know, no. So and, and that, you know, it's important to remember this is a, a Colorado Supreme Court case, and right. Colorado's definitely drifting far to the left um, with our politics. And if you don't live in a state that's like California or Colorado that's getting crazy, you're probably going to be okay with your state courts. You know, we ought to watch right. the federal courts, but right. but you know, while while people might cite this, it, uh, you know. I don't think uh, you know Oklahoma is going to let Colorado tell them what to do through their Supreme no. Court. So well, a lot then, of states are going to be insulated from this, right? So I mean, take Arkansas for example. Um, yeah, we have several dogs in Arkansas. Arkansas, I, I can't remember. I think it's 2015 is when they made it legal medically. And to my yeah. knowledge, there has been there has not been a legal gram of medical marijuana sold in Arkansas. Meaning <laughs> that anything you have in possession in Arkansas, you're in possession of a controlled substance without a prescription. <laughs> and you're also in, 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 in possession of a controlled substance. So every dog, yeah. and we just had like two that I finished a couple months ago. They're in a county and a county seat there. And every time I'm always like, do you guys want marijuana? They're like, yep. I'm like, okay. And yeah. so, you know, for those listening, like if you're kind of in this weird gray area where it's become legal or it's going to be on the ballot and think it's going to pass and you're getting a new dog and you're doing all this other stuff. Um, so, for instance, Oklahoma just made it. Um, we have a state certification for detection. Uh, IR board cleat just made marijuana optional for canine teams that yeah. are new to certify. So we've done several dogs since then um, and before that. So I was kind of pushing the clipboard. I'm like, we need to know what we're going to do here. So yeah. a lot of these uh, departments have opted out of um, certifying on marijuana. Um, so if you're listening to this, like, go talk to your district attorney and say, hey, do we are we going to prosecute this or exactly? So I mean, if we're going to, what, like, that's what that's are we going to do? Telling people for, I've been telling people that for years is that. That's the talk to your prosecutor and find out what they're going to do. Because when we were really in flux here um, through our state association at a state board meeting one night, um, one of the guys brought in prosecutors from all the different counties around here. And you would think at that point those prosecutors had, would have maybe talked to each other. It didn't appear they had. So one county said, yeah, we're, we'll take any marijuana case. We don't care. And then another one said no, and like out of out of all of them, the crazy thing was the Boulder, which you know is known for being very liberal. The Boulder <laughs> prosecutor at the time, you know, it was a few years ago, he said, "Yeah, I'll take them." And and uh, counties that are traditionally more conservative were like, "No." So it almost was a prosecutor by prosecutor decision that was going to drive what those agencies were going to have to do anyway, because it doesn't do any good if you have all the facts behind you if your prosecutor refuses to take the case just because they can, they can, you know, for whatever right. reason. So, so that's, that's the most important person to, that these agencies need to go talk to. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're listening to this as a handler, I mean, you can go talk to the, the ADA or the DA or have your boss go talk yeah. to the ADA or the DA and just say, Hey, yeah. you know, what are we doing? 
are we going to continue to do this? Do we need to? Whatever else. But just know that this guy is not falling. Um, you know, yeah. I, we've had some I, we've had a lot of interest um, on this program from generated from this and like from Ted's one of his interviews. I think it was at his yeah. last year where we talked about. Uh, we talked about McKnight, and we were waiting on it. Everybody's been waiting on the decision. Yeah. But, you know, Ted kind of foresaw and did the crystal ball thing and was like, oh, it ain't going to be that big of a deal. The sky is not going to fall, even yeah. if the worst happens, which is not necessarily what happened here. But it definitely was not good for us. But even yeah. now, it's still only binding to Colorado, and it's really not that big of a deal. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. So. It's, not, it's changing a few things, and a few agencies are getting dogs. And uh, I know um, I was I talked to uh, Ken Pavlik from Pacific Coast, and because yeah. uh, we just bought a couple dogs from him, and he had mentioned that he's got a few contacts, like in prisons, that have told him, "Hey, if any agencies need to get rid of a marijuana dog, I'll buy them." Yeah, so there's and options then, if you happen to have a young dog, you could, you know. Y- or school resource guys. Um, yeah, exactly. That there, are, there's places that you could, yeah, yeah that you could can, probably the, do that and then start a different dog. Exactly. That you know, school resource like marijuana will always not be acceptable in yeah. <laughs> in high schools and middle yeah. schools. So that that's uh, like one avenue for those dogs to go to. But uh, you know, there was an article that came out from uh, somebody in Illinois when uh, and it got all over I, I think it was on cnn even i i swear i ended up seeing uh-huh. it where illinois there was somebody in illinois saying that they were going to have to put down any dog that oh, was trained yeah. on yeah, yeah so that ain't the case <laughs> no that's not the case and and i guess we should really quickly touch on and uh, you and i have never talked about this but i i'm going to think we're on the same page maybe not but i get the question a lot from administrators can we extinguish that odor out of a dog and my answer is no I don't know how you feel about it. I know scientifically that there'd be ways to do it, but I just don't think if you've, if you rewarded that dog 50,000 times or whatever, you know, for finding marijuana to, to, to think of a, a good way you're going to get him to be consistently reliable to not find it anymore. I just don't, I don't think that's uh, very realistic in my opinion. From a trainer's perspective, um, I know that you can do extinction training from, mm-hmm an asshole defense attorney and from the lay person sitting on a jury. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think you can adequately describe how that would work, especially when we look at the Harris decision where records have become so important and years of years of dogs being rewarded on that. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we've been rewarding him for three years or four years, however many years. And then all it needs is three months. And all of a sudden he's cured and, you know, records and certifications are both discoverable. And, you know, that's kind of one of the deals. It's like, you know, from a technical side, from, you know, speaking like trainer to trainer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can, you can do it, but how do you explain the past? And And, I don't think anyone wants to do that. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And I mean, I think when we talk about extinguishing, you know, other, you know, things, gloves or anything that we've accidentally trained into them that's over a short period of time. And if you're paying attention, you catch it quick and you extinguish it quick. I think something that's been a high value reward for a very big part, you know, from, from the early days of the dog learning that game, you know, I understand the technical side of it, but, and maybe if there's an agency out there that's successfully done it, contact me because I want to hear 
how they've done it and how they've made it consistent and reliable because I haven't yet seen it. I've seen a few agencies play with it, but I just think it's such a powerful, powerfully imprinted thing to a dog that, you know, for the amount of time it would take, it, it's not a good business decision. No. I think it's easier just to start yeah. over. And, and it's one of those, like, nobody wants to have to, nobody wants to be the guy that sets case law. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly. I, I don't, and that's what I tell my handlers all the time. Don't be that guy. So yep. it, it's one of those things, like, I think technically we can do it, but I don't think we can describe it. And I, there are people that um, are um, on the other side of this that can come in as an expert expert witness and say that it's completely impossible to do. So rather than kind of risk that, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I see I see the jibber jabber and I see the fucking, yeah, it's super easy. It only takes 10 days yeah. and this, that and the other, whatever else all over social media. But yeah. whether that's a good policy decision is is not part yeah. of that conversation. So it is a yeah. bad policy decision. Do yeah, I agree. Try and I do that. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. So, I, I agree. So part of the whole um, hits thing with you guys, um, you know, so while you're active, while you're an active handler and you go through, um, you know, the normal day to day things of being an active canine handler and, you know, day to day cop stuff, you also started um, hits, which is a huge conference. (laughs) It it worked out good. I had uh, early on in my canine career, I I started a, a, a publication um and there was the only publication for for our profession i had that for uh i sold it uh made a business decision in 2014 sold that um and kept the hits part of it but early on in the the uh time that i had the publication i had uh, met andy wyman jeff barrett and ted dows and they had put together a, a smaller um conference that was not a working dog conference and it was a lot most of it was on narcotics dog record keeping if i remember right i think it was a two-day event if i remember right down in orlando and i flew down there and went to it and i was just starting my magazine took some magazines down there to promote it and then also i wanted to go to the i was looking forward to the the subject and learn some more on that and you know right away it was like here's here's two things that should go together real well so hits came out of you know out of those those two different smaller ventures and uh, it's worked out really well. So we're in about year 13 and uh, three of us are, are active working dog handlers. We, every single day we're out training, we're all trainers and we're dog handlers. And then uh, Ted of course is a, is a prosecutor down in Florida. So, you know, we're, we're walking the walk and then we're, we're doing hits still. So it's been a, a, a great ride and we're really fortunate that um, it's, I think people like what we're doing and we spend a tremendous amount of time listening to what people want, the classes they want. We take all the feedback extremely seriously and we've really tried to, to mold our conference based on the feedback we get from the people who come. And, and with that, it seems like every year we grow a little bit more. Yeah. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. So we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be back and we're going to talk about hits. Sounds good. 
Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K. Nine Pro, or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Hey everybody, it's Ted. Let's talk about training and conferences. We know training budgets are always tight, and that's why the crew from Hits goes the extra mile for you. Let's be honest here. There's no other canine training conference on the planet like Hits. It has now gotten so large that the 2019 Hits will be held at the largest convention center in North America. That's Chicago's McCormick Place. Experience matters when it comes to putting on a show like this and when it comes to police dog trainers. The guys who run Hits are still working police dogs, just like you. There's going to be three full days of training with five classes. Classes in session at a time. Toffers are going to range from patrol work and dog selection to case law to search and rescue to canine first aid and everything in between. They had 1,100 people in attendance last year in DC and are planning for more this year. And it wouldn't be a conference without the vendors. The McCormick Place has enough room for a hundred vendor booths. You can meet the people that make the equipment you guys use every single day. The vendors make coming to hits an experience like nothing else in this industry. Plus the free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. Last year they gave about 40 grand in cash and prizes from vendors. I expect Chicago to be bigger. So come join the crew from Working Dog Radio in Chicago during the week of August 13th through the 16th at McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I know handlers and I know you people wait to the last minute to do everything. Don't be that guy. Head over to Hits Canine. Dot net. That's the letter K, the number nine, to get registered and save money on your registration for doing it early. There's also information about the discounted hotel rooms. That's August 13th through the 16th in Chicago. If you didn't write it down, we got the link in the show notes. Hey guys, Eric here. If you follow Ted and I, you know that we've been traveling all over the United States doing seminars. Every time I do one of those seminars, I like to ask the handler where they got their dog. Every time they tell me Southern Coast Canine, I know we're going to have a good time. I know it's going to be a good dog. We've been seeing a lot of their dogs at a lot of different seminars, detection, dual purpose, new handlers, experienced handlers, guys that have gone back to them over and over again. Uh, we just did the Bravo 3 conference recently down in Daytona and Southern Coast Canine brought out three green dogs. Like they just got them off the plane from Europe and they were bangers, all three of them. They killed the scenarios. They'd never seen any of that stuff, but their selection process is great. Check out their website, southerncoastk9.com. They're offering handler schools, trainer schools, supervisor schools. They got uh, a great relationship with Tripwire, so they're doing explosive stuff down there. Every year they do a huge detection seminar. Check out southerncoastk9.com. I've been really impressed, honestly, with the dogs that I've seen come from them. southerncoastk9.com. Good people, great facility. Check them out. 
Hey everybody, it's Ted. Let's take a break for a second. Let's talk about Dogtra. We make no bones about the fact that Eric and I love Dogtra. In fact, we've been users of them since long before we even started the podcast, and it's one of the reasons that we approached them to be sponsors of the show. We typically only want to have stuff on here that we actually use and that we can stand behind and endorse. Dogtra is one of those companies. They've been at it for a long time and are industry leaders when it comes to production of reliable, consistent training equipment for your dog, whether be poppers and droppers, whether it be e-collars or now, they've got the new GPS on which Eric has been playing with and he really, really likes it. So what I want everyone to do is head to dogtra.com. You get a 10% off of any item over $200 and you use the discount code WDR10. That's just like the initials of the show, Working Dog Radio, WDR10. Hit them up. Hey guys, Eric here. If you listen to Working Dog Radio or follow me on social media, Van S. Canine, you know that I am involved in a wide variety of aspects of the dog world. I am a police dog trainer, pet dog trainer, I own dog daycare, and I am a pet owner. So I have a wide variety of needs when it comes to gear for the dogs, daily living things for the dogs, all kinds of items, training, anything possible I need. I go to one place, rayallen.com. Rayallen.com is a one-stop shop for everything dog related. Anything you could possibly need, check them out. rayallen.com. They've been doing a long time. Great customer service, super high integrity at that place. rayallen.com. Put in promo code working dog radio for 10% off your next order. Ted and I love that place. rayallen.com. Get on there, click everything you need, ship it all at once. rayallen.com for all things dogs. Yo, everybody, let's talk about getting a job. Coast to Coast Canine is hiring experienced full-time and part-time drug and explosive detection canine handlers. If you're interested, shoot Peggy Heiser an email at pheiser, P-H-E-I-S-E-R at c2ckanine.com. That's the letter C, the number two, the letter C, the number K, the number nine, dot com. What you have to have to be eligible for this is a minimum of three years knowledge in handling detection or training experience with law enforcement and military and large breed high drive dogs. You gotta possess a trainer certification from a state recognized agency or national certification such as USPCA, NAPWADA, NNDDA, or something similar. You also need to have knowledge and or experience as an instructor or a canine handler with a state recognized agency like the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. You gotta speak fluent Spanish and English. If you have all that, they're willing to give you a competitive wage and employee benefits. Again, that's P. Heiser at C2CCanine.com. Highland Canine Training, LLC. To all of my fellow LE Canine guys, Highland Canine should definitely be on your short list of vendors when it comes time to adding to your unit or replacing one of your dogs. Highland Canine offers green and pre-trained single and dual purpose dogs if you train in-house. But most importantly, they offer a full-service canine academy with canine handlers courses, canine instructors courses, specialized advanced canine training, and canine supervisors courses. Jason and his staff of instructors have been there and done that in this game. They run these classes year-round, so go to their awesome website at www.tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's Tactical Police, the letter K, the number 9, training.com, and make your unit better. All right, we are back with Jeff Meyer from Hits. 
uh, canine and an active handler in Colorado. Uh, we were just talking about hits and about how uh, they take input seriously from everybody that shows up. One of the things you guys do really well that I actually like is you move the conference. It's not in the same place every year. And um, I made a joke. That's not really a joke, but I said earlier, the United States is big. So yeah. not everybody, like if you're a handler on the West Coast and there's a good show that's always on, it, that's always in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's probably yeah. not the most convenient time for you to go. Yeah. One of the things you guys do really well is move around the country. So um, this year for uh, 2019, we're in Chicago. Last year we were in Maryland or DC, Maryland. Yeah. Uh, the year before that, you guys were in San Francisco. The year before that, it was Dallas. So you yeah. guys move around a lot. So that you're probably always like eight to ten ish hour drive from um, any like major metropolitan yeah. area from where you're at. Yep. The other thing you guys do really well is that you cycle the subject matter so that if, you know, somebody is fortunate enough to show up yeah. all the time, that they're not listening to one asshole say the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah. 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 We put, a, we put a tremendous amount of work into our, our instructors and our classes. And we have some, some regular instructors that come all the time, but they'll they'll teach new classes for us every year and then maybe change it up and teach a, a class from three years ago if they had good feedback. And so we, we, we really put a, a lot of thought into if you're lucky enough to go two years in a row or, or two out of three years, we don't want anyone to come and say, well, it was exactly the same thing. So we change it up a lot. And then we also spend a lot of time balancing out the schedule so that there's five classes going on that no matter what your discipline is, that there's something for you to do that at, in that time slot if you want to. So, you know, if you're if you're a single purpose handler, um, you're not going to have to sit through a, an apprehension class because there'll be something else that will be relevant to your needs at the same time. So it's pick and choose. So really one of the, the common uh, complaints we get is that there was too many good classes. They couldn't go to all of them. So I tell them we'll come back next year. You know, so that's that it should be around next year. So we we do try to uh, you know keep it um, both active um, as far as new classes, but then also some of the staples. And we also always are trying to find new instructors um, that are bringing in new ideas. There's so much good training going on from you know, and sometimes it, it doesn't need to be a guy who who's been around for a long time. Sometimes there are people who are somewhat newer into our industry that are, you know, come up with some good techniques or good ideas. So we're always looking for, for new instructors to add, you know, so again, if, if people have instructor ideas, uh, I'm sure my email will be in the show notes, just send me an email. Um, yeah. We're always happy to, to look, you know, and, and don't be shy. If you're the instructor and you're teaching some really good stuff, don't wait for your buddy to nominate you, you know, step up and say, Hey, you know, I, I, I like, I like uh, training, and here's here's who I am, and we'll get to know you, and uh, you know probably have you out. You know if you've got something good to teach, probably be able to to work into the schedule at some point. We're in a fortunate position that we turn down you know more people than we could take because we have a lot of people who want to teach because I think people know our reputation. So we do have to rotate it around that way too. We can't we we unfortunately can't accommodate everybody that we would like to every year and. and that that sucks on that end, but it's also I think it uh, keeps it fresh every year. Also, yeah, it does. And one other thing that's really nice too is that uh, pretty much everyone there is involved in canine 
on the professional level at yeah. some of some sort and uh, i would say 99% of the people there that are paying to be there are handlers administrators yep. former handlers guys that are yeah. overseeing units something that is yeah you are not yeah, going to run are, in we're law enforcement only <laughs> right or military so I, yeah i mean yeah you're not yeah, going to run into yeah. a public defender from some random ass <laughs> county in the middle of nowhere um, that's going to no. stand up and ask random ass questions in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you're also and not going to yeah. run into, yeah, you're not going to run into like, you know, I, I know uh, nose work is super popular and they're probably great people, but you're not going to be there next to a, a retired teacher who, who does nose work as a hobby or something. You know, I mean, it's, you're, you're amongst your own element of working cops who, uh, you know, we could probably be a whole lot bigger if we opened it up, but we, we uh, vet all of the people who come and, uh, um, if you don't, if you're not a working, you know, police officer or military, um, th- we have to kind of decide if you're going to come or not. And most of the time uh, the answer is usually no. We, we do try to, to keep it just, uh, amongst, amongst working, you know, cops and military. And that said, there's a lot of dudes that show up that I've met there that are, um, former handlers that are retired yep. that are, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like if you're not yeah. like active, active, I yeah. mean, you know, so yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. So. Um, this year we're going to be in Chicago, um, in August and we're going to be at the McCormick place, which, um, I think is the largest venue in the country for trade shows. If I remember correctly, right. You know, I'm not sure of that. And we're not, obviously we're not filling the whole thing. We're going to use one part of it, but it's going to be our largest vendor area ever. We have a hundred vendors this time. And, you know, we talked about when we first started the first year, we had 10 vendors, so uh, 13, 14 years, it, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. So we'll have 100 vendors there, um, lots of, of really good vendors. Uh, so that, it, that's, worth, that's worth coming just to be able to see all the equipment and meet all right. the vendors. Uh, tons of, of equipment people, tons of dog vendors. And while they won't have dogs there, you can talk to, talk to them and see if it's a kennel that you want to look at later or something. So it gives a lot of networking opportunities. Just yeah, for sure. So uh, the other thing too, like I said, you know, you guys are going to be able to see all the vendors and everything else, but they do yeah. the fucking three days worth of worth of giveaways, which for yeah, showing yeah. up, and yeah. you guys gave away like sixty thousand dollars of the stuff last year or something in, in, in Maryland. I don't remember. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was ridiculous. It's, it's amazing. How it was. It was every bit of that, probably more. I mean, our vendors over the years have been so generous and. That's just a benefit uh, for coming to hits. We make no money on it. Um, it. It takes quite a bit of logistics. Uh, we we changed up our format a little bit uh, about two years ago, and now it, it's a constant thing. Instead of one big party where we call names and numbers like we did for a while, we kind of outgrew that format. So now um, you check the board in the morning, check the board in the afternoon, and there's names posted of, of raffle winners, and our vendors step up uh, really big. I mean, there's some some usually big grand prizes that we give away um, plus just really nice prizes throughout the day. I mean, it's not uncommon to, to see, you know, two, $300 prizes and, and there'll be 10 names on the board and they're all going to get two, three, $400 prizes that just by showing up and seeing their name and going to the vendor. So we make yeah. it, we make it easy. And, uh, and it's, that it, uh, it's, it's amazing all the different stuff our vendors uh, help us out with. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you can go to hits K nine letter K number nine dot net um, and get signed up. And don't be. When does the price change? Because this is going to upload on the twenty third. Yeah. So, so the, at July fifteenth, the, the price goes up. So roughly two and a half weeks after you hear this, if you're listening to it on the day it uploads, uh, the price is going to increase, and the hotel will probably be sold out. <laughs> Yep. So, uh, you know, like, you know, you mentioned, or, you know, at, at one point that running this thing has been kind of a, it never gets easy. And you guys are always kind of having like nail biters where you're like, oh, God, we've agreed to sell <laughs> yeah. the entire hotel. Out. Yeah. And, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't wait till the last minute. Um, yep. It's Canada.net. Go sign up and um, come see us. Save a little money that way and make sure you get yeah. a hotel room. It's it's always better to do it earlier rather than late because it's always better to be in the host hotel. Yeah, without a doubt. Right on, man. Uh, Jeff, this has been an awesome uh, interview. Um, we will see you guys in Chicago in August for sure. Uh, for yeah, those thank listening, you for me on. yeah, for those listening, uh, show notes will have the link to get signed up for hits. And uh, we'll have the directions on how to do it and everything else. Alicia will put all that stuff in there. So, yeah, Jeff, uh, we'll see you in August. Sounds good. Thank you again. All right. No problem, man. We'll see you soon. I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at alnk9equipment.com that's the letter K, the number 9, or arno, A-R-N-O at almsuits.com Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off your first order. Tell him you heard it here. Now go get bit. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K9PRO. Or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom. And we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up. Specifically for guys on this podcast. 
if you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely. And these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio is graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E.blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Duck Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.